Good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. This is BRN AM for Friday, December 1st, 2023. At our top story today, foods like ice cream, candy, and chips are as addictive as cigarettes and heroin. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Dr. Ashley Gearhart is with the University of Michigan. Dr. Gearhart, Ashley, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, let's talk about this study. Uh, I found this absolutely um, so fascinating because candy, uh, chips, some of the things that are I, I would consider comfort food for a lot of for myself and a lot of Americans, they're almost as addictive as cigarettes and heroin. Yeah. So what we're seeing is that our current food environment since about the 1980s has just become way more flooded with what we call ultra processed foods. And these things are not made by nature. They're made, they're man-made by major corporations and designed to be hyper palatable and intensely rewarding. And they really kind of outstrip the sort of, you know, ice creams and cookies that we had in the past. They have flavor enhancers and shelf stabilizers, and they've really been maximized to hit your bliss point. And these now make up about 60% or more of the American food supply. And, and how does this, I mean, from reading the study, I didn't read the full study, but I read the, you know, the executive summary, I guess it kicks off some of the dopamine receptors and, and, and kind of spikes your insulin again, not a doctor, a retirement expert, but yeah. what does this mean for longevity? What does it mean for our overall health? I, to me, it's a bit concerning. Yeah, I, I do think it is concerning. And we've actually done studies in a nationally representative sample of older adults. And we found that about 12% of older adults, particularly women, were showing all the clinical signs of addiction, but in their relationship with these highly rewarding ultra-processed foods. Yeah. And so you're getting these spikes of dopamine, these spikes of motivation and reward they spike, but then they crash and they leave you wanting more. It's why you can sit down and have like a delicious apple. And after you eat it, you are good. You don't need another apple, but you have a couple potato chips and you just want more potato chips. So even when people know, oh, I'm eating too many of these foods, it's impacting my physical health, it's impacting my mental health, they want to cut down, they find it really challenging to do so. And for us, that really harkens back to what we saw with cigarettes and tobacco, um, which, you know, they were really engineered and designed to maximize profits, but that also made them highly addictive. And even if people knew they had emphysema, lung cancer, wanted to quit smoking, they found that they just couldn't. You know, uh, this is a, uh, thank you for that, Dr. Gearhart. Um, you know, this is a kind of a tough time for many Americans, high credit card debt, a lot of inflation. Absolutely. I think a lot, a lot of people have anxiety, which may lead them to some of these more comfort related food, foods. Um, oh, yeah. And, but, but these products were really, I guess, designed for cost, as you said, right? Uh, the, the cigarettes Absolutely. and the, uh, were designed to kind of facilitate, make it easily available. Uh, these are kind of go-to. So when you go out, people are going to yeah. fast food. Uh, they're eating chips. And, and it's really not a replacement for a wholly substantive meal that is full of macronutrients and micronutrients. 
You're absolutely right. And, you know, the parallels between cigarettes and these ultra processed foods are so tight that actually part of what increased the hyper palatability of these ultra processed foods beginning in the 80s is that big tobacco bought up food companies beginning in the 70s and 80s. Philip Morris, RJ Reynolds, they bought up Kraft, General Mills, your you know beverage companies, and they took their know-how from really optimizing the reward, addictive potential of cigarettes, really maximizing those profits, and they applied that to their food holdings. And we've seen that that has just completely reshaped our food environment. And that's really the time period when we look back, when obesity rates started to skyrocket, childhood obesity, binge eating. It was all in that time that the food environment changed with much of the fingerprints of big tobacco on them. And I think you're really right that we've kind of been treating these, you know, industrially made, hyper-maximalized, ultra-processed foods that don't nourish us, that don't sustain us, the same as we would a banana or some legumes, like food that Mother Nature makes that have nourished humans for millennia. And right now, the whole food environment is pushing us towards the unhealthy ultra-processed foods because there's a lot more money to make there. They can sit on a shelf for months on end. They're cheap to make. Um, there's that people will overeat them. And I, I really counsel people to feel compassion for themselves because you really couldn't design a food environment that makes it harder to eat healthier than the one we do have now. Yeah. Well, Dr. Gerhardt, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about the addictiveness of ultra processed food and maybe some recipes for future success. You're going to want to stay tuned right here on BRN AM. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future. This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We wanna make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Dr. Gearhart, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. My pleasure. All right. Um, I, I, look, I have, I, the, the American public, all of us are not um, ignorant. Uh, I think we all know 
the good foods, the bad foods, but the but inflation plays a role, um, yeah. satisfaction or own anxiety. Um, what what's the lesson here? Let's start with policymakers because yeah. do they do they serve a role? The Food and Drug, Drug Administration, which part of the executive branch, but also our state local representatives and our federal representatives. Does, do they play a role in this? Yeah, absolutely. And that's what we've seen with addictive substances generally, is that, you know, to really make a change on a wide scale to improve public health, it has to, our policymakers from the local up to the federal level have to play a role. We saw that with opioids. We saw that with tobacco. When the corporate uh, makers of the addictive products are allowed to kind of run wild, target kids, target poor communities with no kind of ethical uh, you know, safeguards, it's an absolute crisis for people. And so I think there's a role here for economic policies to make um, the healthy, nutritious foods more affordable. But I see convenience as actually being something where we need to get creative around policy. One of the hard things is, is that real food rots, real food makes, needs prep typically. And so I would like love to wave a magic wand and make like every McDonald's and Burger King and Taco Bell uh, a sort of place that provides cheap, accessible, convenient, tasty real food meals that are ready to go. Because we're not going to turn back the clock. We're all stressed. We're all anxious. We're all like lacking with time. And so I really think that we need to think of policy initiatives to make these foods more convenient and affordable and accessible, regardless of what amount of money you make. It should just be a human right. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about the Hamburglar cooking up all those. Remember the Hamburglar? You don't even yeah, see the Hamburglar or Grimace. I mean, I'm old enough to remember Ronald McDonald. I never see him yeah. on commercials anymore. But are there some lessons here? Let's talk about nutritionists. Yeah. So there's a lot of people yeah. now as part of their health program, uh, employer, or even their own individual plan where they can go see a nutritionist. Are there some lessons here yeah. for the nutritionists that are guiding the consumer? Yeah. Yeah, I would say, you know, um, when I speak with nutritionists, this topic can be a little controversial. Um, I think for a couple reasons. One is that the traditional approach from nutrition um, training has been there is no good foods or bad foods, all foods fit, eat them in moderation. And I think, you know, for many people that can work, but I think it ignores the fact that these are billion dollar industries designing some of these ultra processed foods to make it hard to eat them in moderation, to maximize craveability, to hit your bliss point. And so I think that what I really suggest to people is that they do pay attention to the quality of food that they're eating. And as much as is feasible in their life, and this can be canned food, frozen, you know, fruits and veggies, that they try and eat three meals, one or two snacks a day, and that the foundation of that is real food that when you look at the, you know, if you looked at the the ingredients on it, it's not like as long as my arm and half of it you can't pronounce. Like that, I don't even know if that counts as a food in some situations. So I, I think that, um, you know, making that your foundation, it's not about being perfect. It's about, oh, you can you never have chocolate again, never have ice cream. But we really need some common sense rebalancing where it shouldn't be the majority of the calories that you're taking in every day. And, and what about the role for uh, the supermarkets, the grocery stores, yeah. the, the bodegas? And, uh, you know, I, I didn't grow up in New York, but I lived in New York for many years. Yeah. Um, bodegas are just a rite of passage in New York. Are there some lessons there? Um, a lot of times the, 
I would say the freshest food is around the yeah. perimeter. But what what can they have a role to play? You know, it's, as the Absolutely. old the old old adage is, it takes a village. Okay. So so what role do supermarkets have? Oh, they certainly have a role because right now, again, it's designed the profit margin for the grocery stores is on the ultra processed shelf stable food that doesn't rot that sits there. You know, the fruits, the veggies, you know, they go bad. And so the grocery stores are actually kind of part and parcel often of pushing the ultra processed products. I know we've always said, you know, try and stay in the perimeter. That's where more of the fresher food is. I don't know if you've noticed, but recently there's more and more islands of junk food that have been moved into the perimeter to try and tempt you. I mean, you get to the checkout and there's sodas and there's, you know, candy bars when you're most tired and you're kind of most impulsive. I think we've gotten really good at figuring out here's how you set up the environment to push ultra processed foods by making them convenient and cued. We almost, we need to kind of flip it on its head and make it where there's only like a little section. Uh, you know, I, I'm from a, a place where sometimes you had to go into like a specific back room and a cooler to get liquor. Like, wouldn't it be really interesting if you went into a grocery store and you felt like, okay, if you wanted the ultra processed foods, you could get it, but it's in kind of this back room that you had to enter. And the rest of the grocery store you knew was real nutritious food. Oh, wouldn't that just be such a huge weight off your shoulders? Because a lot of these ultra processed junk foods, they actually have health claims all over them. My favorite is Swedish fish. You know, those red gummy oh, candies. They say they're really tasty. a low fat food. So all these, they will yeah. make health claims that can confuse people. Yeah. And they're allowed. To, well, I mean, this is probably another story, but they're allowed to make those claims because I don't think the Absolutely. Food and Drug Administration actually... It, that's part of like the copyright and the patent and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They can they can make those claims, yeah. and I think it's pretty. It, personally, I'm not going to speak for you, but I think it's pretty, pretty darn uh, misleading. Does this ultimately come down? You know, you mentioned ec economics. Uh, does this come down to the consumer? That if the consumer buys something, they're going to produce more of it. Someone's going to produce more yeah. of it. Whether it's more cars, whether it's more computer chips, whether it's more iPhones. Um, yeah. Does it come down to consumer preferences and education of the consumer yeah. to say, hey, look, I'm going to shorten my lifespan by gaining all this weight, having type 2 diabetes, yeah. getting cancer by eating some of these foods? You know, I wish it was as easy as education. And that's where we've typically started with things like tobacco, right? We did big tobacco campaigns to push, you know, to stop smoking. But as long as the industry with their billions of dollars and their research and development funds were creating cigarettes to optimize their addictiveness and then targeting kids, targeting highly stressed individuals who were maybe had less money, doing this really aggressively, we didn't see any changes even when we were educating people. And so I think with addiction, that we need to go beyond education. People deserve the knowledge, but it, especially because we all have to eat. You don't have to decide whether to inhale something through a tube in your mouth to survive. We all have to enter the grocery stores and the bodegas and the lunch places to make decisions. And we know that these products are designed to grab our attention, to make us crave, to make us pay more attention to the short-term hit of reward we're going to get rather than the long-term consequences 20 years down the road. Humans are just not well designed to resist an environment that is that toxic. And so I really think that we, you know, we didn't see this public health crisis hit until our food environment became so unhealthy. And we have 
you know, we can we can make changes if we were courageous enough on the policy level to start to promote health over profits. Yeah, well, it's I, I take my health seriously. I think there are thousands, if not millions of Americans who do as well. You just got to make the right choices. Ashley, we're going to have to leave it there. Always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program. We look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. That'd be wonderful. Thank you for the invitation. That wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, drop us a line. And don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more, only one place. Check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRN Weekly. We'll be breaking down markets in the first segment with Gene King, and then take a look back at some of our best segments for the week. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe. Keep on saving. Don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.